as I said to you on Thursday, if Jesus is not respected because you are there, it is your responsibility to enforce his fear in a territory. People around you must know that Jesus is Lord. It is your responsibility. So you don't stop in life until everything around you bows to the name of Jesus. You understand? And there's a way to come into that dimension of authority. But it's a story for another day. So I'm just telling you that to try and get you focused. Alright? Yeah. So because when God says don't mind, forget about it, you must forget. Alright? So don't let that be a distraction to you. We have moved forward. Praise the Lord. But today, this morning, I believe your life is about to change. Your life is about to change. I sincerely believe it because of what I encounter. Turn with me to Genesis because we, I, need to, I need to try as much as possible to teach three messages by today. Alright? And do ministry. Alright? Deliverance has come. You enjoyed last week, Pastor Raphael? He, he, he told me to send you his love. And he said he had a great time. Turn with me to Genesis chapter number, chapter 2. Do not be intimidated by Satan. Genesis chapter number 2. You there? Genesis 2, let's go to verse number 24. Chris, lift, lift us up a bit because I don't want to have to shout. You there? Jen chapter 2 verse 24. That's read. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall become one flesh. He says, therefore a man, a man, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave to his wife. Now, the same is true for the opposite. Because the man or the word man is used in its generic form. Remember, and God created man, male and female created he them. So he's talking about mankind in his 
generic form. So a man will leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. In the same way, a wife will leave her father and mother and cleave to her husband. He says when one of the indicators that an individual has come into manhood or womanhood is that you will see by the journey they will take in forsaking their mother and their father and clinging to their other counterpart. He says it's a sign of manhood. It's a sign of womanhood. You are not a woman or a man until you are able to do this thing. So, so, so the goal, remember what God said to Jesus in, 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 in the baptism of John. He said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. In other words, Jesus had come into manhood. And God gave him a stamp of approval that you are now ready for the next phase of your life. So truly, life begins when you are ready to become a man. When you are ready to become a woman. Except these indicators are found or characteristics are found to have become an experience in your life. You are not yet a man. You are not yet a woman. So if this is the case, if marriage is the highest expression of the character, the nature, the purpose of God on earth, then that must mean that Satan's greatest target is to stop you, not really from being or getting married, but is to stop you from becoming a man and stop you from becoming a woman. So the goal of Satan is to, is to infringe or is to prohibit you attaining manhood, you attaining womanhood, So there has to be patterns in your life that Satan begins to instill and put that would ensure that your life would move in a pattern or in a way that does not cause you to reach manhood or womanhood. And this is the area of life where many people are suffering today. You have people that are 40 years, 50 years, but they are not yet men they are not yet women because manhood and womanhood are, are are not characteristics of age but an experience that you attain so he says a man a man when you become a man, you will leave. It says a man will leave and he will do what? He will cling. The word cling there is badak. Cleave is badak. It means to impinge. To impinge means to occupy a territory that was once possessed by another. In other words, it, it is to, to impact or have effect on or, 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 or a territory or a place that somebody had before is to lay possession of something. So your first inheritance 
as a man or as a woman that God gives is marriage. So when, when you, you know when you are ready to be initiated into manhood, into womanhood, when all these criterions are met in your life, it says they will cleave, you will impede, impinge. You will have an effect or impact. On somebody he will occupy a territory that's it says therefore verse 24 a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall become one flesh and they shall become one flesh that we'll deal with at a later stage. But I want to show you something the Spirit of God revealed to me. You know, I was praying on Friday. I didn't come to church on, on Friday because I, I told you why. So around 5 o'clock, I went before the Lord. I went and I lied down and I started meditating on the Lord and talking to the Lord. I started praying and I entered into an encounter and God said I have something for you to give my people I will not explain the encounter today it's a story for another day but the Lord said I have, I have something for you to give to my people How many of you want true deliverance in your life? Then you can put down your hands. Then permit me to talk to you as a father would to his children. Because I saw the hindrances of your life. But I must help you understand certain things about life and how it works. The most valuable thing to Satan is the soul. Satan doesn't care about your spirit. He cares about your soul. Because if he has your soul, he has your destiny. He has your life. So all the investment of his resources are geared toward the corruption of your soul, the breaking of your soul, to make you incompetent for destiny, to make you incompetent to reach the potentials that God has imbued in you. Listen to me carefully this morning. So he does everything he can to stop the development of your soul. And how Satan stops the development of the soul is by the erection of strongholds and patterns and cyclical behaviors in a life. 
Because if he can get you to, to move around in, in patterns of stagnation or loops, you can never grow. You will never grow. Let me show you through my own personal life how God saved me. How God saved me. And, and I hope it will help you. In fact, I, I know it will, it will, it will begin to, to resurface the hidden things. Because, you see, sickness does not hide. But sickness of the soul likes to hide itself. And, and that's where Satan loves to hide. In strongholds, in cyclical behaviors, in, 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 in broken mindsets. So you are unable to see beyond the dimension of where Satan has bound you. You are in prison in your mind. All you see is what the patterns have allowed you to see. So your entire definition and reference of life is on the basis of those strongholds that have been created by experience. To do what? To stop you from reaching manhood. Reaching womanhood. That's why you can't marry. Or when you marry, your, your marriage does not reflect what should be because of these patterns that have been designed to stop your growth, to straffle your growth. So you are 30, 40, and you are still a baby. You have not come into manhood. You have not come into womanhood. Because you have not yet cleaved. You have not yet left. Notice he says, he will separate. He will leave his father and his mother. And the word leave there is in its truest sense. It means to forsake. Utterly forsake. So, so here we are not just talking about physical connections. We are talking about emotional connections, uh, uh, psychological connections, spiritual connections. So as long as you have not left your mother and your father, you have not come into manhood. Both in what? In soul and in body. So you are not prepared to cleave. Until you leave. He says he shall. It's a command. A man. A woman. I will help you woman today. And you men. I'll help you. Let me tell you a little bit about, about my life and how God saved me. Saving, I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about destiny. How God saved my destiny. A few years back, in a vision with the Lord, Jesus appeared to me and he said to me, Satan sought to destroy your life before it started. But he said, I was there to stop it. I wondered, what, what does the Lord mean? Then the Lord said, you should never have been born according to Satan. 
So when I came out later, out of that vision, I went to ask my mother, what happened when I was born? My mother was shocked because she had never told me. She said, what do you mean? I said, because the Lord appeared to me and said to me, I should have died when I was born. And my mother said, that was, that's, that's actually true. I'm the only one of my siblings that came out naturally. The only one. And when I came out, there was actually complications that should have left, led to my death. That were, at that time, though it seemed they were physical, they were actually spiritual in nature. Because as I was coming out, my mother's uh, opening shut, I couldn't. And my mother stayed in dilation for excessive amount of hours beyond the time that it was safe for that period to take place. So they, were, they, they struggled to get me out of the womb. And my mother told me the story. I said, the Lord said that to me. Then God showed me how a coven at the time of my birth was formed around the demise and the prohibition of me reaching my destiny. These are things that I've never really told people. I, I, I might have mentioned them in, in codes, but I've never really told. Covens, the Lord showed me covens, covens of, of women and two men, wizards, sorcerers. They said, this boy must not grow up. This boy must not rise. These are conditions that at the time of, of my son's age, I did not know them. So later on, my mother began to tell me how when she came back to the hospital with me, how in the night she would see de demons, demons beating on the, on the roof in the night. At that time, my father is away at work, with work, beating in the night. Because her life had to be stopped from growing. That's how Satan is. Look what he did with Moses. Look what he did with Jesus. When Jesus was born, what Herod did, he killed every, every male child under two years of age. Because of destiny. So, when, when Satan failed to capture my life, kill my life, destroy my life, he said, I will show what I will do. I will, to the best of my ability, repeat generational patterns in his life. Because that's what he does. When he fails to destroy you, when he fails to kill you, especially if you have destiny, in every child of God, every child born into this world has a destiny prescribed for them by God. And when he fails, he will use his greatest weapon, strongholds, patterns, both maternal and paternal, it doesn't matter to him. The strongest that can latch He's the one that will, will sustain through a life. So, my father's mother was a drunkard. 
she had issues with her parents while she was growing up that led her into becoming an alcoholic. Chronic alcoholic. My father's father did not have a relationship with my father because he and the mother had separated at a young age. So the father left. So what that created in my father was a dilemma. It was now a man who had no identity. He had no identity from his father. And his mother could not give him one because his mother was busy going out, busy drinking with men and friends. So that created a very bitter man, a very angry man, a very, a very ugly man. Because you must understand he had no identity. So his entire life, he is trying to fight his past. But his present is haunting him. So normally, how do you think the father will raise the children? Because he himself was not raised well. How then will he be able to raise his children well? Well, I got born. And to the best I would be lying. To the best of his ability, my father tried. And I had no squabbles, no problems with my father. We had a very good relationship in my growth. Because he was the only one that never beat me. Never, never in his entire life did my father ever lazy. The only time he laid his hands on me was only once in my life. And that was uh, because we sit the I burnt a house. He never beat me. I broke a photo. He finished my life. Oh, that's my boy. Come now. Give him a seat there. How are you, boy? You good, sir? Sharp, sharp. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Now everybody's looking at you. They're like, oh, what's going on? It's none of your business. So, throughout my life, he never. I broke that photo. He beat, and he only gave me three stripes. One, two, three. That was it. So the one that did the discipline was always my mother. Right? So, so Satan did not have leverage at that point in my life. Because he could not transmit the generational petty that he had begun aeons, who knows how long. So there was no room, right? So I grew up, grew up to be a very dignified young man. And then I came to Jesus. Now this is where you, you understand the, 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 the activity of the spirit dimension and how it can work to influence a life, destroy a life, destroy a family. So my father, loses his job, right? At that time, it was the best job he had had. 
and it had allowed him to take care of his family real well, live in the suburbs, all that, all that, all that. Fine, he loses that job, right? Strangely, he loses that job. You know what I'm talking about? Strangely, strangely, unexplainably. So now, the man is broken. You see, because a person walks with Jesus in transparency, he's able to see things that others cannot see. God will, give, if you walk with God with, transpa- with a transparent heart, God will show you things about your life and other people's life that people might not necessarily see. So now the father must take his family and go back where? He has nowhere else. Go back to his mother. But remember, the mother and the father did not have a good relationship. And now he's going back at the lowest point in his life. Why? Because at that time, Satan had anticipated something. He had anticipated that Christ is coming to that boy's life. So I must really make sure that I do as much damage now to this one so that when that time comes, the man's life in Christ will be miserable. Because if the man's life in Christ is miserable, he's unable to sustain a deep fellowship with God. So he hinders you from reaching manhood in the spirit and in life through the experiences that he he influences in your life. First time I saw my father cry was when the truck with all our bags landed at his mother's place. I'm a young boy. First time I saw my father cry and he tried to hide it, but I saw it. I said to myself, that day, I will never struggle like him again. That's what I told myself then. Right? So all this time, no squabbles with my father, good relationship, until I got born again. The day my father heard that I got born again is the day that all war breaks. You must understand, identity is given to a son by a father. The, 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 the gene, I mean the, the gender of a child is determined by the father, not the mother. The, the coding comes from the father. So it is the father that gives a son or a daughter their identity. Fortunately, by God's grace, an identity had already been forged. You see, because through my father's life, I saw how in the formative stages of my life, I can't, I can't say toward me that my father was a bad person. Even today, I still can't say. He's broken, but he's not a bad person. But in my formative stages... That brokenness was hidden from me. All I saw was a hard-working man 
who provides for his family, is trying everything he can to provide for his family. And that's the thing I heard about a man. That a man must be able to provide. But then I came into Christ. When I came into Christ, I saw someone that I never knew. I met someone in my father that I never knew existed. That was the time I realized that the one who was raising me was not the real father. The real father is this one. You see how God, how God works to protect our lives? How, how in the midst of chaos, God can work out a life, build your life in such a way that becomes in the future a weapon for him. My father disowned me for, for coming into Christ. When he heard I got baptized, he told my mother, I'll divorce you. You and your son, your, your son, I, I, I'm done with you. I wash my, I wash my hands of you. Now I knew it was not natural anymore. Another dimension had entered. And the only person to stop me was my father. But he could not stop me. It was too late. Because an identity had already been created. You see, I was not somebody struggling with an identity issue. An identity had already been forged. I had learned at that stage, 15, 16 years old, To journey into manhood. I came into Christ. And all hell. You, you know what, what's hell? After I got born again, I spent, I think, about two, three years not talking to my father. Not talking to him, seeing him disowned. Something began to happen in me. I started to develop a hate. A bitterness. See, because you don't know much. I said, I hate, I began to hate my dad. Now the Bible says, children obey your parents in all things. Then he says, you fathers, do not provoke your children unto anger. I was provoked, my life was provoked. So here I am in Jesus, in Christ, zealous for the Lord. But inside, I have a hate, a disdain. Disdain for my father. And you know what happened? At that time, I stopped growing. Because you can't reach manhood. You, you can't reach manhood until the strongholds, the patterns in your generational line are broken. You can't. Because manhood is not in age. It is in a maturity of the soul. Once a soul formulates character, I stopped growing. I did not, at that time, I did not know. I'm telling you this in hindsight. At that time, I was oblivious. And it, my anger was justified. My hate, my disdain was justified. Then one day, all this I'm, share, I'm sharing with you is things God revealed, showed me. That were hindrances, weights in my destiny. Two, three years goes by. Right? Then one day, 
So I'm living with my aunt at that time, right? Then one day, it's about December time. I get why it's got December, but what, 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 what. So I'm with my brothers at the back of the car. My mother and my father are in the, in the seat forward. The car is driving. They're going to buy us clothes, right? I'm about 15, 16 of age, around those ages. 15, 16, 17, around there. So I'm a bit... So I'm sitting at the back. I, I'm sitting at the far end of the window. That solidified, that crystallized anger. And it allowed Satan to have an open door in my life. I'm sitting there at the back. My mother and my father are arguing. Arguing. So at that time, remember, the anger had bottled. So you know, the steam will blow a gasket. So we are coming to a stop sign, right? So they argue. My little brothers are here. Without thinking, I open the door. Car is moving, but not at high velocity. Moving, open the door. Father, as I open the door, you know what I was doing? I was leaving the car. So my father saw that, I think then, stopped the car quickly, tried to hold me, ran, walked back home. I think it was a 15-kilometer walk, walked back home to SNS. Here, Salobona here, I'm angry. And in my mind, I knew if I could, at that time, I'd kill him. That, that, is, that, that was the the height of the anger. They couldn't hide it anymore. Got back home. As I opened the gate, I fell to the ground. Cried. Cried. My uncle, my aunt came rushing. What's wrong? What's wrong? Cried. Parents came, turned back. Mother gave me, mother gave me 2.5. It, it was mine for, for I took the money. Didn't want it anymore. It was the, with me, it was done. Now you are in Christ. You 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 are under unknowingly under training, but you are carrying this weight. Tell me how how do you reach the top, the heights of Zion with so much weight? And I wondered every time I, I had to reach a point in my life where transition should take place. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. And the Lord said to me, you are a murderer. I'll never forget that day. He said, you are a murderer. He says, I will not work with a man with soiled hands. Angry, bitter. Finally, God showed me. But at that age, it was hard. I, I couldn't. Now, my mother got, at that time, my mother got born again. Now it became worse. Because now what had happened was my father, my father now 
determined that out. You, 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 you choose Jesus over me. That means you, 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 you don't respect me. So what happened now? The, the sins of the father, the sins of the mother started living out themselves in him. So a door was opened into his life and into my life. So you know by, 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 by just analyzing where this life was going, even though you are in Christ, you know where you, you are going to end up. You are going to end up where your ancestors were. No, I didn't know. Some of you are at that. Some of you are old today. You, you are still a child. And you see, because you, you let, let me, what happens to you? Your age in the spirit crystallizes where the stronghold has erected itself. So maybe if you are abused at three years old, you may never grow until you overcome it. You will be three years old, being a 40, 45 year old man or woman. Because stronghold crystallizes your age. A man shall leave a man. So what he knows that he, he, if he can't stop marriage, he will stop you from becoming a man. He will stop you from becoming a woman. Because a woman, a, a child, does not want to leave their father. A child will never leave their father, will never leave their parents. A child will always be clinging to her parents. Only men leave. Children never leave. They may leave physically. They may leave. They may be posted somewhere else. But there will be something in them that cleaves. There's a reason why an umbilical cord is broken at birth. If God intended that you, you and your father, you and your mother should be united until death, when you were born, that umbilical cord should not have been removed. Because a child is first married to their parents before they are married to anyone else. Marriage is a union. And the, first, the child's first marriage is, is marriage to their parents. That's the marriage you don't choose. Hallelujah. So I was messed up. And that further added fuel to the fire when my father left home. I remember when I had it. I took my laptop. Thought I was a grown man. I said every, you, you know, every, everything you can ever say to somebody who you disdain. I said it to my father. That crystallized another stronghold. So as far as God is concerned, you were nowhere with, I was nowhere with God. Yet I had destiny. I'm showing you how God saved my life. I'm telling you this so that I can help you save your life. 
Because one of the promises from this message is deliverance, is freedom. My father left two years. Now at that time it's about three, four, five years. Haven't spoken, haven't seen my father. You are hot. Indignation, you know, when the Bible talks about indignation. Right? One day I'm praying. <laughs> because in all those things, I never stopped the things that I did in Christian. I did the praying, I did. But my heart to God, my heart to God was always pure. I'm praying one day. Jesus, by the Spirit, says to me, You are too full of hate. Give me that burden. I wonder what you are talking about, Lord. What are you talking about? The Lord showed me. I cried that day. I cried like a baby. I said, Lord, I let go. I forgive. And I ask your forgiveness. In one year, one year, one year, in one year, after, after that experience, in one year, I went further in my Christian walk than in my entire five years. My spirit was strong. So Satan saw that, oh, you, you've lost, he's lost round one, but it's not over. Because he will fight you until you become a man. Notice, the, the last test of Jesus in his manhood was Satan. After that, the Bible says Satan left him. At the end of his life, at the end of his ministry, Jesus said, Satan had nothing in me. He said, the prince of this world came, but he had nothing in me. God began to raise me. And then in the reason, God did something. Satan did something. He said, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Because you must know the goal. The goal is to repeat the patterns of the bloodline. He said, no, 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 no. I got to get this boy. 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 This, 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 this friend of mine, he, 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 at those stages of my life, he was there. We pray hours. He'd come to my place, we pray seven hours, six hours, go in evangelistic crusades, do all these things. He says, I gotta stop it. So at that time, you are in a ministry under a man. So what begins to happen is that <laughs> Satan now uses the figure of the fatherhood. To do what? To perpetuate. To try and re-enter my life. You know what he does? He uses my pastor to not only stifle my gift, but to, to, to purposefully destroy my life. The biggest test of my life at that point. Oh, my, oh, Lord. Oh, oh, 
all the anger came up again. I realized it was not dead. You see, because, I, you see, nothing, until things in you die, the pattern will continue. The pattern will continue. All anger rose. Such as you were there, they saw me. A spirit came. A spirit came. It wasn't the devil. I mean, it wasn't God. A spirit, a spirit, a spirit. You see, it, that was the point in my life I knew what it meant to be overcome by a demon. Anger beyond description. That day, if I could, again, I would kill him. And at that time, the anger was public for all to see. The day of shame. But I did not care because I was under an influence. Bible says the anger of man does not work the righteousness of God. At that point, I decided I'm done with Jesus. I'm done with Christianity. I'm done. I went into a depression state for five months. Would sit like a like like a, a man that's not here, paralyzed, angry, bitter, confused, angry at God, angry at everything. I just wanted to die. Five months. 2012. Dep you know depression? <laughs> Imagine you 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 just come out. Right? You just come out. Seven days later, I'll tell you about that now. You just, you, you, you just came out of a, of a heavy, 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 heavy satanic influence. Seven days later. No, that, I think it was three months. Yeah, three months later. Still under the, I was done with, you know, done with Jesus? I was done with Christianity. Done. Remember, that time, uh, the goal was to have re-entry. For what? The, the continuation of a petty. I was done. You know, when God hand, God's hand is on your life, is on your life. Now you are, you, you'll understand when I, to, when I tell you, I was not raised by a man. I was not raised by a man. Jesus comes. And he says to me, if we are going to continue with your destiny, you are going to have to go back and rectify your errors. Then God said, he said the unthinkable to me. He said, go and beg forgiveness. from that man. God said that to me. He said, go beg forgiveness from that man. And then, we'll continue. Unless you do, I'm done. We're done. In other words, you, you will never reach destiny. 
the thing Jesus called for you, you will abort. Without thinking, because I knew if I thought, after that encounter, I, 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 I freshened up. It was late, around five, six. I freshened up. Took a taxi. Went to the house of the pastor. Knocked on the door. I said, hello, sir. I just want to say I'm sorry I'm sorry for how I did things I'm sorry for how I left and I just want you to know that I'm grateful for the role you have played in my life for your mentorship for your teaching I'm eternally grateful I ask your forgiveness I left what the man did after is none of my business I left when I did that all depression left me that day that night all depression left me I remember I got back home and I I went on my knees and I started praying instead of praying I started crying wailing and then a joy a laughter you could hear that laughter from the street a laughter came on me and that was the beginning of a change in my life I knew that at that point in my life I was healed from something that was in, entrenched in my life from a very young age I knew I knew I knew that day I was healed I knew I knew and you see you for for, for you to be sure that you are healed you must be tested <laughs> the, immediately after that Jesus sent me to a church where the pastor was into drugs all manner of lasciviousness, fornication, all, all the th guys stealing money, all those things. In my heart, no retaliation. I knew I was healed. I knew I was healed. Then Satan let me sleep, let it sleep. He left for two, two more years. At that time, I was free. Free from anger. Free from hatred. I was free. But there's something called a root of bitterness. That thing never left. But I was free. I, I, I had done enough for God to, to take me into dimensions. 2014. 2015, we start ministry. 2016, by the grace of God, we, we, we meet a new mentor. 2014, we meet a new mentor from Asia, the Lord says to us, follow this man. We, we follow this man. We go to the United States. In the United States, Jesus appears to me. He anoints me into the office of a prophet. He says, when you go back, you are a prophet to that nation. That's 2016. Right? Same year, that same, same year, same year, same timing where I met my wife. I come back to South Africa. When I come back to South Africa, I say to uh, Pastor Raphael, hey, Vida, let's uh, make known this thing to the G. <laughs> we write him up. The guy replies, in those, in, those, in those two days, the guy replies, the, 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 that day, he replies, we are, at, we are having a, 
we are having a meeting to seal the prophetic office. The Sunday we have to minister. So that day was very serious. I spent whole day in prayer that day. The guy replies. His reply shattered me. You know what you know, you know, shattered? His reply was reminiscent of the actions of my previous pastor. It shattered me. Instead of anger, instead of all those other emotions, you know what was there? Sorrow. And sorrow is a bad emotion. Sorrow. You know what sorrow? I was like, Lord, maybe, maybe, maybe you did not call me. Maybe all these things are made up. I showed this to Pastor Raphael. So I go back to my room. I stayed there the whole morning, the whole afternoon, did not go out. Unbeknownst to me, Pastor Raphael takes the computer, replies to the guy, tells him off in a nice way, in a respectful way. The guy comes back, he apologizes. Then we perceive that this guy, this guy's got something wrong. I prayed. God said, let it go. Move on. I move on. I was free. Few months later, guess what? My father comes back home. After years of, of God knows where he was. He comes back home. My mother tells me, it's on my birthday. The test that really you are healed, you are free, was now before me. Two tests. The one from the ministerial side, the one from the paternal side. I go there. I realized I'm free. That day was the best day of my life. Because I knew Satan was never going to get me again. Because if, 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 if he had failed then, it was over. He failed twice. It was over. I rekindled, renewed my relationship with my father for some time. And then in a vision, I was sitting in his car driving in a vision. God said to me, your father is going again. I said, but Lord, I'm already free. I was a man. I'd become a man. I'd become a man. That re retaliatory uh, 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 spirit was gone out of me. The root, that's when the root of bitterness left me. The root of bitterness left me with the email to the mentor. The biggest test came the day, the day before my marriage with, to my wife. My dad calls me the day before. We are getting married tomorrow. Ne? The, the, the day before, my dad calls me. He asks me something that goes against my faith in the Lord. I said, I can't do that. I'm a pastor and I, I'm, I am a Christian. So my faith does not permit me to go in that direction. You know what my father says? He said, it's fine. If that's the case, then I can't come to your wedding tomorrow. Ha! What do you do? Because the, 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 what is the end goal? Re, to repeat the thing, re-entry. You know what I said to, to my dad? I said, it's fine. As long as I know 
and you know that I respect you but you did not respect me as your son you chose this thing over our relationship so this is what I am going to do if you do not come to that's what I said to my father he said if you do not come tomorrow know that me and you will never have a relationship again but I don't have anything against you God's my witness I said that I was free I was I had become a man I had become a man I had left my father I had forsaken my father I had forsaken my mother I had become a man I had come into manhood now I could leave see why you can't leave See why you can't leave? See why you can't leave? See why? You see why? You are, you still have ties to your parentage. How many of you, some of you have been wanting to marry for years? Why can't you marry? You have proposal. The brother has nothing wrong. Everything in the right place. Say, no, I can't. No. It's not you answering. It's your father. It's not you who's answering. It's your father. Because you, you, you will see every other man through the eyes of your father. I said this to my wife the other day. She's here. She's a witness. I said to her, I said, you must choose who's your family. If, if I am your family, then your family should have no infiltration, no impeachment here. If your family is your family, she's here, she'll tell you, go back to your family. Because I will not have a wife whom I can't possess. Because you cannot possess anybody. Listen, you cannot possess a wife who is still married to their father. You cannot possess a husband who is still married to their mother. That's why some of you can't get married, Mike. Because there's something in your emotion that links you, that cleaves you to your parents. And you remain a child. Let me tell you this story. And then we'll get into the gist of it. Let me tell you this story. When I got married to my wife, her family didn't want her to get married to me. Whole family. A few months before we got married, my mother has a vision. In the vision, my family and I are standing on the aisle, waiting, waiting for hours for my wife and my family. And then a voice came and said, she's not coming. They are not coming. And then my wife turned. She saw a man with wearing a hood, a black hood, laughing. <laughs> they will not get married. They will not get married. My mother asked why. And then the guy said some stuff. 
Since the day he gets married, this and this and this will happen. So he will not get married. So it's something my, wife, my mother told my wife. The exact same thing happened. The day we got married, oh, the, in the process of getting married, her, her family disannulled her. So we got married by her maternal family. So we got married. Right? The day we got married, she gets a call from her uncle. We are at the airport. We are coming back home. They are seeing photos of our marriage. They call her and they ask her, how, what's this? They act as if they don't know. My family came to their house twice. The first time they came, the second time when they came, they did not, they did not acknowledge what was discussed the first time. Right? That's, that's, uh, that's, that's two years, three years now. My son gets born. Guess who calls? The very same person who called her when we left the airport in Tebet. They call her, they tell her, it's Saturday, they call her, they tell her, hey, you know, uh, we miss you, what not, what not, you know, what, uh, what, 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 what. They're trying to get it, right? After two years, two and a half years, that same day, you know what he does, that uncle? He takes his wife, they go to my mother's place, say the same thing, to try and woo me. Because the end goal is that they wanted the child because her grandmother was sick. Now, I have no affiliations with her family. They did not want me. They did not welcome me. So I have no affiliations with her family. I have none. So whatever happens in her family, I don't care. It, it, it has nothing to do with me. Do you understand? What, what has to do with me is her and my son. She is my wife. Do you understand that? So, I said to my wife, she's here. I said to my wife, I said, I told you that these people will come back. But the reasons why they are coming back, they are not right. They are coming back here because you have a son and because your grandmother is sick. So, they're trying to make it as though they want to do what? They want to make peace and let bygones be bygones. But that's not the thing. I knew it in my spirit. So I said to the wife, it's fine. Here's what you must do. Tell them to come to my family and apologize to me and my family. Then we'll be at peace. But know this. When it comes to your family, I have no play. I I want nothing to do with your family. My responsibility is you. Guess what happens? My wife, my wife, my wife. And I'm not saying this to, I'm, I'm trying to let you into a dimension that is a hindrance to many of you here. That will answer some of the questions as to why you are not married. And if you are married, why is your marriage a mess? My wife gets angry at me for saying that I don't want anything to do with the family. Then she says to me that I'm not considerate of her emotions. Now, this is the very same family that tried to sabotage her union with me. 
Now, why do you go back or want to go back to the same place where you are or you are not welcome and we were not welcome and our union was not welcome? It's something in the soul. She has not left. She had not left. Her emotions were still cleaved. You see why a person can go, you, no, you, can, have, you can have a boyfriend or you can have a person in your life, a father or mother or relative that beats you up and you still go back to them. You would leave something that is good and go back. You know why? You know why? You are, in, you are cleaved. I said to my wife, I sat her down, I said to her, that day I called everybody, I was ready, I was ready to pack her bags and take her back home. I said, I don't mind, I'll take you back home. But I want you to know this, I did not force you to get married to me. You did that knowingly. And you bound yourself legally to me. So I cannot have somebody who is married to me legally, but emotionally you are married to your family. I said that to my wife. My wife is here. So you must decide. Listen, Mike, if, you're, if, if you are married, Masam, the death of your mother or your father should not break you. Should not break you to the point where it has an impact on your marriage. That means that there is something in your soul that has remained with your mother. You, it's like Christianity. You don't, you don't, your relationship with Jesus only begins after he has taken possession of you. Until Christ has taken possession of you, you are not his. You may confess his name, but you are not his. That's why there are those in Christianity who will be part of the apostate church. Because you are not his. I said to my wife, decide. Why? It's because there are things in the soul that have not yet been what? Have not yet been removed, have not yet been washed. So that even though you are in a relationship with a person, you, you, you are not, they are not married to you. Because they have not left. They have not left. The day Isaac blessed Jacob, he told him to leave. To leave and go find his wife. He never returned. The only time he returned was to bury his father. God said to, God said to Abraham, he says, leave your mother's house. Leave your father's house. And go to, he never returned to his father's house. So you find women who are like Lot's wife, who always look back. You find men who are like Job, who always look back. Their destiny will end in the cave. See why? You messed up in your soul. Imagine you desire, you desire, sorry Michael, you desire, you desire a good guy, but every guy you get is wrong for you. Why? It is the, it's because of the emotional cleaving. You have not left your mother's bosom. You have not left your father's bosom. 
How was Ishmael made to be a man? God said to Abraham, tell this woman and the child to leave. Now you understand why you, you, you don't want a man to possess you. It's because there is something in your soul that is connected to your father. That every time you see a man, even good willy, you, you resist him. You repel him because you are seeing your father there. If he, would, if he says anything, it will trigger the emotion that has cleaved you to your father. So you resist. You chase away good men. Because of who? Your father. Because of your father. You know what I'm talking about. Most of you here know what I'm talking about. Sister Jessica, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So you remain a young child, a young man, a young woman, and never come into manhood because you have not left. And you can't cleave because you can't cleave until you have left. That's why it's difficult for, for people in marriage, in many marriages, to want to cleave together. Why? Because you will never become a man, you will never become a woman until you develop the mastery of living from where you come from. That's why the, the most dangerous thing for any marriage is to have parents influence its direction. I used to fight with my wife a lot because she'd involve, or she'll try me. In fact, sometimes she's not involving, she's telling my mother, and my mother feels that she must tell me. Imagine in my marriage. Who, how many are we in this thing? How many must cleave in this thing? Would I listen to my mother? No, I wouldn't. I have left her in my soul. Hey, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is sitting in the company of people. He's teaching the word. His mother and his siblings are coming. They send somebody, please go call Jesus. There's a matter we need to discuss. Jesus said, who is my mother? Who is my father? He said, but he that does the will of God. If, if they were in another setting, Jesus would have gone. But this was in something relating to destiny. The mother is cut out. The family is cut out. Because this thing has nothing to do with you, but it is destiny. If people must fail, let them fail together. Let them fail having cleaved to each other. There was no mother, no father to teach Adam how to, how to, how to be a husband. No, no mother to teach Eve how to. They were the first. It's marriage. Marriage is man, woman, and God. Not man, woman, mother, father, uncle. No, 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 no. That's why in African communities, in African tribes, there's so much strongholds in the marriage. Because when you marry the, the wife, you are marrying the cousin, you are marrying the second sister, you are marrying, oh my goodness. So everybody feels like they can have a say in your marriage. It's a locked system. Marriage is not an open system. It's a locked system. And only two can cleave. And the purpose of cleaving is oneness. 
and you will fail to reach oneness until you what you cleave and you can't cleave until you have left and you can't leave until you become a man or a woman Muja promise I'll marry you, I'll marry you, I'll marry you, I'll marry you, I'll marry you. But years are passing. I'll marry you, I'll marry you, I'll marry you. Years are passing. The person is cleaved. The person has not left. That's why Hakra Hakra Mashele, Hakra Bonas, Hakria, Obatolukisakokai, Habatolukisawena, Obatolukisakoha. Hasutamayi. And men like that, women like that, are dangerous to the fulfillment of any destiny. Here I'm not talking about men. I'm not talking about women. I'm not talking about marriage. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about your life. I'm talking about how Satan has used the experiences of your life to enshrine himself, to enshrine patterns that keep you at a place in life where you don't grow. So you end up settling for destructive relationships. Why? Because you have not left. And the frustration is that you don't understand. Why is this thing going on in my life? You have not left. That's why. You are not a man. You are not a woman. Become a woman. Leave and you will see. Leave and you will be, you will be able to cleave. That's why, that's why, that's why people jump. These, these levels, and you end up fornicating, end up sleeping with people, end up having relationships where you can have sex. Why? Because, because you don't know how to deal with your childness. You don't know how to deal with the fact that you have not grown. So you want to do things that are meant for people who have cleaved while you are still a child. It will destroy your soul. Every time you want to take a step, you remember how your father treated your mother. And the experience gives you eyes to see the person you want to marry. And then that person starts becoming what? Your enemy. You start seeing the relationship of your father and your mother in that person. And that person ends up becoming the problem. But you don't realize that it is you that is the problem. You are busy looking at the speck. There is a plank with you. Some of you, you are married, but you treat your husband like your mother. You treat your wife like she's your sister. You know husbands that police their wives, or wives that police their husbands. <laughs> it says, therefore, a man shall leave, a woman shall leave his father and his mother and occupy territory. In other words, the replacement of your family in your life is your wife, is your husband. So why can't you replace them? Why, why does it seem like they are irreplaceable? It's because you are still married. The day you divorce yourself in your emotions to the thing that binds you to your father, you must find it out. 
The thing that keeps making you go back to the same thing over and over again, over and over again with your parents, with your family. You must, find, you must discover it. You must discover it and, and, and lift it to the Lord. Because in the family, because you repeat our mistakes, because your experience is that your father couldn't be a man to your mother. So now, any man that comes into your life, you want to change things, you want to become the man. And you end up settling for people you can't control. If you can't control them, then they are not, they are not your type. Because your mother messed you up, your father messed you up, and you still attach like you were like you, like when the bitterness of your my father left my mother. Always you grow up with that thing. Why didn't he stay? Why didn't he stay? And you end up having bitterness. Unspoken bitterness is the dead years. End up having bitterness to your father and the siblings that your father had with another woman. It's patent. It's patent. Satan is trying to stop your manhood. He's trying to stop you from reaching womanhood. He's trying to frustrate the destiny on your life. A man's inheritance, a woman's first inheritance is a wife, is a husband. This is the first inheritance God gives you. Oh, and you better, be, you better pray that by the time God gives you that husband generally, the husband has become a man. Otherwise, in that relationship, you'll be dealing with a boy. A boy who's been scared by his father. A boy who's been marred by his father's mistakes. This is, this is why a man can truly love a woman, but, but moor her. But he loves her and moor her. She's not mooring you. He's mooring his father. See, there are, there, are, there, are two, there are two outcomes out of this thing. You will either be offended or delivered. Here, there are two outcomes. You see, I'm, 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 I'm showing you my life. I'm showing you my life. So that I can show you that the, the same way God delivered my life is the same way he can deliver your life. There are, these are weights. These are weights, Chris, that stop you from growing. You see it now, Puff. You see it. See why the first marriage couldn't work? The wife was married to the husband, the, the mother. Everything the mother said is done. Some can't even marry. And you wonder, it's not that you are not beautiful, my sister. It's not that you are not handsome, my brother. It's not that you are not capable. It's that the person you are trying to marry 
has not left, is still cleaved. Sometimes even you, you yourself, you are still cleaved to your mother, to your father. That's why the Bible says, let that, listen, once a person dies, make, make haste to, to separate yourself from them. There's a chasm between the dead and the living. Once a person is dead, don't, don't keep going back to the land of the dead. Remain in the land of the living. Because always, Uzoti, 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 Magenza Galizinto, a relationship in Mausoitoli, Utin Kumbuluma, Unkumbuluma, 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 until Unkumbuluma becomes a stronghold where you start measuring every person, you start measuring every person. Every person according to your mother, according to your father. The father becomes your standard. The mother becomes your standard. When God showed me this, I realized that you don't need to deal with devils in people's life. The, the way, the, the, it's the system of how Satan forbids marriages and destroys marriages. Because anything that is extra added in, 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 the, in, the, in the system of God for this thing, for manhood, for womanhood, is of the devil. Jesus said anything more than your yes and your no is of the devil. Everything extra in your life is of the devil. Yeah. Everything extra in a system that God created is of the devil. If leave fall in a marriage, it's of the devil. Hallelujah. We want to pray. We are not done. We want to pray. We want to deal with some things here. Because those, those strongholds have created sinful characteristics in your lives. We're we going there. Don't worry. Lift up your hands. Say, Father, help us. Help my life. Hallelujah. Sangaragabadaila. Shandabradoza katai. Zabradoza kitabranda sakunda bradiza gabagabagabahai Linda balai kotona balege bradoila kabradai Hallelujah I had to share that with you, that first phase I had to share that with you because of this message of how to become a womb for the Spirit of God John chapter 3 This will not be a very long message because we want to do ministry. You will, see, you, will, you will hear how demons will live people's life today. Listen, that devil has been found. See that? You see, you see how you're feeling inside? Some of you. See that feeling you are feeling inside? Like butterflies or something. Like, like you have, have you ever been caught? 
Have you ever been caught in a lie? Or caught? You know the feeling. That's a feeling some of you are having right now. It, 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 it is an indicator of the spirit that the devil is found out in your life. And every devil that is found in his thievery must pay seven times. See why, Chris? Can you see it? Can you see it? Can you see it? You are born, Vincent? Huh? You are born? See how you create a toxic relationship? See how you create it? It's because you are trying to cleave when you have not left. You still have emotional attachment, psychological attachments. To your, to, your, to your father through anger, through bitterness, through hate, through all those things. You still have the connection. The connection is only severed by forgiveness and the blood of Jesus. So everything, everything, every time something happens, it, you are triggered. Anything that will make you violate a law Anything that will make you violate, listen, no matter how angry you are, no matter how mad you are, do you jump the robot when it's red? So when you, when you begin crossing a robot or when you begin crossing a, a demarcation that you are not forbidden to cross because of what is going on with you, are you justified? You are not justified, but you, you, you will fall under what? Under the penalty of judgment. Because when you get before a judge, a judge will ask you, but the robot was red. Yeah, Mara, I was feeling, I was feeling. No, the robot was red. So you are endangering not only yourself, but, but those whom the robot is permitted to pass. Nebon in Pilijak. Nebon. 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 See how our upbringing, childhood experiences hinder us, handicap us when it's time for us to grow. Don't you wonder, Mike, you're always praying, always praying, always praying. But when it comes to the matters of life, Seems like there's no help from above. It's not that there's no help. It's that the, the, the criteria for accessing manhood, the grace for manhood, is closed. It's not, it's not fulfilled. why you've been so angry all your life? It's only now you're starting to heal. Angry at your wife. Angry at your children, angry. Yebon or not? It's because you are still a child that is yet to become a man. Age does not make you a man. It is the character that is born from experience that makes you a man. The Bible says that, that the trials of life produces character. That's what makes you a man.
John chapter 3. How to become a womb for the spirit? Because if you don't, if you don't, if you don't, you will live your life with no children. I'm not talking about physical children. I'm talking about children. Bethings of the spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you see that? See how you are married to a, you, you are married to a child. You see that? A child who still has issues with her father. With her mother. I showed you how God, how God and Satan were fighting for my life. I showed you how God and Satan were fighting for my destiny. John chapter 3. Hallelujah. John chapter 3, verse number 6. Let's read. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. In other words, in your life, there are two kinds of birthings. Birthings of the flesh, birthings of the, of, of the spirit. He said whatever is born, whatever comes or originates from the flesh, he says it is the flesh. And everything in the flesh is cursed. Remember, the, the flesh is cursed. Cursed is he that hangs upon a tree. The flesh is cursed. So if, 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 if your life if your life only burns things that are of the flesh, your life is full of curses. Because the Bible tells us that there are two wombs in the earth. There are two wombs in the universe. It's the womb of the spirit and the womb of the flesh. In other words, there are things that will come through your flesh which will destroy your life ultimately. If, if a marriage is born out of the flesh, the end of it is corruption. The end of it is destruction. If a marriage is born out of the spirit, the end of it is peace. The end of it is life. The flesh is dead, so it can only produce dead things. That's why the Bible says that the, 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 the last of this world, the, this world and its last will pass away. So everything from the flesh is temporary. Look at your business. Look at your job. If that job is born from the flesh, it is cursed. Cursed in a sense that there will always be limitation to the possibilities and opportunities that it can rise to. And the Bible tells us, Jesus tells us, he that is born from above is born of the spirit. Jesus said, no man can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. And he says, being born again by the spirit, the spirit, if the spirit is not the agency of your life, it means that you are not functioning under kingdom dominion, under kingdom dimension. 
So everything you do, you are producing in the flesh. Your business, your writing, your music, whatever it is, it is born of the flesh. And he says, whatever is born of the spirit, so the spirit, the spirit can give birth. But the spirit, by, the spirit does not have a womb. He needs a womb to give birth. If the spirit had a womb, the spirit would not need Mary. If the spirit had a womb, the, do you understand what I'm saying to you? If the spirit had a womb, he would not need Mary to give birth to Jesus. But the fact that he needed to locate a womb, that met the criteria. And one of the criteria that the, the womb that the spirit was going to bring Jesus through, the criteria that he needed to meet is that it had to be of the lineage of Abraham. It had to be a direct descendant of the lineage of Abraham. That's why Joseph and Mary were actually cousins. Anyways, there's a story for another day. But the Bible tells us that this thing, this child, Matthew, read Matthew quickly. Hans Kaizonoska Branda Haila. Matthew chapter 1. Maloska Pando Zekretia. Verse 18, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus, please lift, lift up me a bit there. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Jesus is the offspring of the Spirit. Mary was a womb for the Spirit to bring about a change in the dimension of man. So for the Spirit of God to do anything on earth, he has to find hosts. He has to find wombs. So the primary objective of every Christian vessel is to become a womb for the Spirit of God to manifest and establish his purposes. One, one offspring of the Spirit change an entire generation, change an age, change the civilization. Because a person, a woman was open to the what? To the, to the conception of that which the Spirit of God wanted to transmit into the earth. So as long as the Spirit does not have a womb. And as long as your life has not become a womb for the Spirit of God to establish the will of God, you will never see the glories of God. You will never see the inheritance of God. You will never experience the promises of God. You will live life in a daze. You will live life in a wilderness. Because in the promise, the, listen, Jesus was the promise of the world. And it was Mary that made that possibility a reality. So every promise of God needs an escape, needs a womb for it to find expression in the earth. So whatever is born of spirit is spirit. What is in your life that is born of the spirit? Let, let me show you something. This ministry, this ministry is, is a child of the Holy Ghost. Because there was a time in my life that I entered into marriage and therefore entered into a dimension of intimacy with the spirit and the ministry came about. So what you see is an offspring of the spirit and it is this spirit system that he uses to channel the energies of God, the possibilities of God, the power of God, the, the, the promises of God into your life. But it was first conceived 
somewhere in the what in the bosoms of intimacy whatever is born of spirit is spirit in other words there there will be characteristics of the spirit and the main characteristic of the spirit in everything that is born or that comes from the spirit is the power of god mary said how shall these things be seeing that i do not know a man the angel of god said you will see that the power of the holy one will overshadow you and that holy thing of god shall be back jesus said when the spirit of god comes upon man they will have Power. power is the signature that a man had entered into a dimension of intimacy with the spirit you cannot give birth for God until you enter a dimension of, of intimacy with his spirit so you find Christians who are Christians by name only not by experience because they are not fit they are not vessels fit for the master's use that they have not become rooms or matrix matrices for the spirit of God. God is calling you, my brothers and my sisters. He's calling you to a dimension of intimacy, a dimension where you can become rooms for Him to release and express His divine purposes and agenda in the earth. Look at every man that has become a womb to a generation for the Spirit of God. Look at what they track their life. Look at their track record. The main thing that is consistent throughout that ministry is intimacy with the Spirit. Whatever is born Whatever is born, God showed us the process of birthing. The process of birthing is that there must be a seed and there must be a womb. You see, that's why God cannot give birth alone. He needs a womb for the spirit, for the seeds of the spirit to be conceived and be expressed. What children are you birthing today? What, what is your life like? What has your life produced that is from the spirit? Listen, you will only show fruits. You will only show the proof of your intimacy with the spirit after you have come into a dimension of marriage and intimacy with God. Until you are intimate with God, you will never know what it is to give birth to things that are of the spirit. That's why it's dangerous for a man to marry a woman who does not pray and for a woman to marry a man who does not pray because the produce of that union will be flesh because it comes and it is influenced and inspired from the dimension of the flesh. When you pray, you are giving the Spirit of God access to what? To umbify you, to make you a matrix. You see, people who pray are people who are dangerous. Whatever is born of spirit is spirit. Let me show you a mystery. Let me show you a mystery. Jesus said, I mean, Paul said, the mystery of a man and a woman or a husband and a wife is the mystery of Christ and the church. Today I will show you a mystery that you have never been taught before. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I was praying and the Spirit of God said, come, let me show you. Let me lift your life. Let me show you. Let me elevate you to the dimensions of operations in God.
The time has come where it must end, where ministers come to sow into vessels who are not wombs. Because when the word falls, it must fall into a womb. Christians go to church day and night, but there's no production. There's nothing is produced. There are no offsprings from their life. There are no proofs that they've been with the Spirit of God. There's a way to live. There's a way to live. You are a carrier. That's what God had designated to be. This body of yours is a vessel, is a host, is a wound. Let it do what it has been designed to do. Let me show you something. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. First man. That's one of the things we're going to deal with now. We're going to deal with every sin of fornication, every sin of adultery in your life tonight. This day, this day, you must divorce with certain spirits. Because the Holy Ghost will not be intimate with a person whose bed has been defiled by many entities. That's why there's no power in the church. Because the church is an adulterer. The church is, is fornicating. The church is, is lying in bed with Babylon. How can the Spirit of God come on your bed and have intimacy with you in the court of the Spirit without that dimension in your life being cleared? The Bible says marriage is honorable above all things and the bed undefiled. The honor of marriage is an undefiled, undefiled bed. The glory of a marriage is an undefiled marriage. Listen, listen. You can heal, you can forgive. But the stain, the stain of adultery, the stain of fornication does not leave. It is a thing that remains with you because of what the system of sex has been designed to achieve by God. Let's read. Verse 1, now concerning the things whereof ye write unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. Let every man, the word they have means to possess. He says, let every man possess his own wife to avoid fornication. Because fornication is one of the systems that stifle and hinder and prohibit a destiny to be accomplished. Let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence and likewise also the wife the husband. He's talking about sex. He's talking about sexual intimacy with a wife and a husband. He, he's saying the wife, the husband must render, must render. In other words, it is, a, it is the duty of marriage for a wife and a husband to constantly have sex. 
to constantly be intimate with another because this thing is a mystery. You see, only a perfected marriage that lives within the confinement of the system can be a true reflection of Christ and the glorious church. Because the Bible says the system of marriage is a mystery that points to Christ and the glorious church. The system of sex or sexual intimacy is the mystery of union and intimacy with the spirit. When God writes in the Bible, it's not for the sake of what he's writing. The Bible says his word is a double-edged sword. So in speaking to the wife and the husband, he's speaking to the church and the spirit. So there are, there are renderings, duties that the spirit must do with a, a, a child of God. There are renderings that a child of God must do with the spirit. And all of those things are consummated on the platform of intimacy. So he says to avoid fornication. Fornication is a serious sin. And some of you are guilty of fornication. You are, pros you are a whore. If you have ever fornicated in your life, you are a whore. You are a prostitute. You are a harlot. That's what God refers to people who enter into sexual covenants with people they are not legally and divinely covenanted to. You are a whore. And you are bringing whoredom into a marriage. That's one of the reasons why Jesus said, he said, it is not permitted that a man should leave or divorce his wife except for sexual immorality. He said, if a man divorces his wife without sexual immorality, he makes that woman an adulterer and the one who marries her an adulterer. This is Jesus, it's not me. So some of you men are adulteresses. I mean adulterers. Let's read. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence and likewise also the wife to the husband. The wife has no power over her body. But the husband. In other words, the power over the wife's body is the husband's. The power over the husband's body is the wife. I will show you something. There should be nothing. Let's read. Let's read. Verse 5, please. Defraud. Defraud ye not one another, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your inconsistency. He's saying the bulwark of a marriage is sex. He, he says, is Satan will tempt you for your inconsistency. So if you are married and you are not consistent in intimacy with a husband or with your wife, he says you are what? You are, you are prone. You have become a target. Because according to the law of God, the only thing that would stop a woman and a man from having sex is prayer. Telling you that prayer is the only thing as important as sex in a marriage. In a marriage, the power of a marriage, the strength of a marriage is not in how well two people communicate. Because you don't know your wife through communication. You know your wife through intimacy. So he said, defraud ye not one another. 
So the dangers of entering into sexual relations with a man or a woman before marrying them is that you bind your soul to them because you must understand the law of sex, the system of sex is the system of synchronization. How a man and a woman become one is through sex. Know you not that he that has went unto a harlot is one's flesh with her? So the moment you sleep with someone outside of marriage, you have bound yourself to them. In the spirit, you are actually married. Because the Bible defined the marriage of the fallen angels to women as, as them coming into them. In other words, having sexual intercourse with them and they became married. There was no ceremony. The ceremony of marriage is sex. <laughs> oh my God, my God, my God. I was praying and the Holy Ghost said to me, Son, what is sex? The Holy Ghost said that to me, Son, what is sex? And I know when the Holy Ghost asked, it is better to let him answer what he has asked. I said, Lord, you know. Listen to what the Spirit of God said. He says, sex in his original context is the activity or system set by God for the unifying of the souls and the flesh of two beings. This is what I used to seal and consummate the covenant of marriage. It is how God designates man as creators. It is the time where God crowns you as a creator. That's why sex is a very dangerous thing. And if this is how I can, I can prove to you, this is how Eve could be deceived by the devil. It's because she and Adam were not intimate. She and Adam did not know each other. Because the first time the Bible talks about the knowing of a man or to his wife is sex. So sex is how a man knows his wife and how a wife knows her husband. So Adam and Eve did not have sex in the garden. They had sex outside the garden and it was after their fall. That tells you and me that the temptation, he said, let Satan, Satan come and what? Tempt you for your inconsistency. In other words, Adam did not learn intimacy. Adam and his wife did not know each other. That's why sin came into the world. He says, sex reveals the heart for intimacy with men. It reveals God's heart for intimacy with mankind through fellowship. Prayer is to God and man what sex is to a man and a husband in marriage. Sex is how one marries himself or herself to another. In the same way, prayer is how you marry yourself to the Spirit of God. Fallen angels use sex to marry themselves to women and they were called wives of angels. Men and women of prayer are those who have married themselves to God by intimacy in the secret chambers. When God created man, he created him male and female. And they become one again in marriage. The only thing greater than sex is prayer. 
The only thing greater and more important than sex in a marriage is prayer. I'll repeat it. The only thing greater than sex in a marriage. You see, let me tell you why you are feeling so uneasy. You are feeling so uneasy because you have been sinning in this area. You have not been holy in this area. Some of you have slept with men, slept with women whom you are not married to. But now you are married to them, whether you like it or not. And you will carry them into your next marriage. Some of you in marriage have went out of your marriage and slept with other women. Either physically or in your heart. You are looking at me and you are uneasy because you are unfaithful. That's why your life in prayer is not consistent. You, you can't achieve intimacy with God if you are a prostitute in the flesh. So that's why, that's why you keep sexing around, fornicating and doing all that, but when, and, and you can't sustain a prayer walk in God. You are a sinner. You are a prostitute. So if sex is what married people uh, must do to sustain a relationship, then prayer is what Christians must do to sustain a relationship. And if sex outside marriage is danger, that means to be in fellowship with any other spirit than the spirit of God is an endangerment to you. So there are certain things you must divorce yourself with that you have connected yourself with through certain systems in the spirit to demons. Is prayer that marries you to the spirit. How we know that this one is married that is the proof of that intimacy. Because if people have intimacy or sexual intercourse or sex and there be no product, you, we say that the womb or the man is barren. And barrenness is a curse. That means your prayer life, there's a curse operating in your prayer life. If, if all you're doing, you are praying, but there's no products coming from the spirit. You are barren. And you must check, you must check your fidelities. Listen, you, God said you, you cannot be loyal to God and Mammon. You will love one and hate the other. That's why it's impossible for you to, to be sexing around and love your wife. That's why it's impossible for you to be busy fornicating and, and see and be given the eyes to see your husband, to see your wife. How? You are already married. Marriages that are not given to continual sexual intimacy are attack marriages. Pray Christians that are not given to constant prayer activity are attack Christians. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. It's a double-edged sword. It applies to your life on earth and your life in the spirit. Sex. It is how you achieve oneness in the spirit. It is how you achieve oneness in the soul. 
That means when you have sex with anybody, whether you are married to them or unmarried to them, what happens is that their soul is transmitted to you and your soul is transmitted to them. The weakness of their flesh is, that's why you have genetic diseases. How are they transmitted? They had problems with the eyes. They had problems with the eyes. It's a genetic thing. How was it passed through? The only thing greater than sex in marriage is prayer. Prayer achieves for God what sex achieves for a marriage. Whatever is born of spirit is spirit. Whatever is born of flesh is flesh. Prayer achieves for God what sex achieves for a marriage. What is the blessing of marriage is the fruit of the womb. The blessing of a marriage is the fruit of the womb. That's why it's important if you, if you have babies outside marriage, you must sow offerings for them. You must give offerings for them. Because those babies were not made in holy matrimony. They were made in an unholy thing. And anything unholy is what? Is, is affected by what? Demonic presence. Be careful. Sex achieves, I mean prayer achieves for God what sex achieves for marriage. Right? Which is what? Intimacy and what? And offspring. Intimacy and what? Offspring. Intimacy and offspring. You can't know your wife by sitting together and say, let's talk. It's not how you know your wife. It's not how you know your husband. Intimacy. So in other words, it means in prayer, there's a dimension you reach where it's not only, it's no longer called prayer, but intimacy with the spirit, where you become a union, where you become one with the spirit of God. But the journey into that intimacy is what? Is prayer. You can have sex without intimacy, but you can never have intimacy without sex. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? You, in other words, you, you, you can pray. You can pray and not achieve intimacy with the Spirit. But you can never achieve intimacy with the Spirit without prayer. It's, impo it's impossible. No matter what you can tell yourself. You can read your Bible from day till night. You can fast from day. Listen, the only thing that can take you to the height of intimacy and possibilities of, of birthing is prayer. You know more about God in prayer than you can ever do from the letter. Let's read, let's read, let's read, let's read what the Spirit of God said to me. The first description of sex or intimacy between a married couple was that Adam knew his wife. Thus, the way into knowing themselves was through intimacy. A man must know the Lord before he can birth anything for the Spirit of God. Before God can use you for anything. 
Before God can use your life, use your hands, use your mouth for anything, you must know Him. Because power is not given to those whom God does not know. Authority is on the basis of relationship. So before Moses can be authorized, commissioned to deliver Israel, Moses must be with God in the burning bush. So before God can use you, ask yourself, do you know God? You that are crying, God, use my life. Do you know God? Have you accessed intimacy with the Lord? Hallelujah. Oh my God. My God. And the consequences of that knowing was offspring. Whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. A man cannot be a womb for my spirit if he, does nev if he never knows the Lord in the chambers of prayer. Prayer is the consummation of man's union with God, just as sex is the consummation of a marriage between a man and a woman. Seeds should not be released where the womb has not been prepared. Seeds should not be released where the womb has not been prepared. God killed a man for ejaculating outside a woman. Telling you that God in his economy has not designated for waste. No seed should be wasted. See, messages like this are very, very tense. Because this is how people carry out their lifestyle. And they don't want people to know. You are creating seeds that have potentials for being host for the devil. Every time you 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 make babies outside marriage. The Bible says there are two categories of men, two categories of children, children of God and children of the devil. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Now you understand why the Bible says do not be unequally yoked. You want to marry someone who's not a Christian. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Listen, the proof of your Christianity is your prayer life. If, if a man does not have a prayer life, you are entering into a danger dimension. Marry them. If a woman does not have a prayer life, you are entering a dangerous dimension. Let's read. Let's read. Seeds should not be sown or released where a womb or wombs have not been prepared. It, it's fasting and prayer that prepares the heart or womb of man for spiritual endowments. The dark places 
The secret places are reserved for intimacy. You see, one of the reasons why Ham and his generation was cursed is because the Bible says Ham uncovered the nakedness of his father. Because no one was supposed to see the, that's why after they sinned, God himself put clothing on them. Because they, they were what? They were naked and they were ashamed. And from that day on there was a law. Let no man uncover the nakedness of another. So Haim and his descendants was cursed. He uncovered the nakedness of his father. Why didn't Noah curse his other two sons? The Bible said they came in from behind and they did not see the nakedness of his father and they covered him. Because the nakedness of a man must only be seen by his woman. The nakedness of a woman must only see, be seen, but your child is never supposed to see you naked. If your child, listen, it is traumatic for, and, a, and you are sowing a destructive seed in the child if the child sees you naked. Imagine the first thing, the first person uh, Ham saw naked was his father. What did he do to him? What did it arouse in him? Your brother, your sister is not never supposed to see your nakedness. The Bible says the marriage is honorable above and what? The bed undefiled. It is the defilement. The, the Bible says thou shalt not uncover the what? The the bed or uncover the nakedness of your father. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of your mother. Why is he saying that? Because it is defilement. Your son should never see you. The only person that should ever see you naked is your wife, is your husband. Today, if you know there are people who have seen you naked, today you're going to repent. Today, today as I talk to you like this, may the Spirit of God remind you, you must repent today. Never show your nakedness to your child. Why are you showing your nakedness to your child? Because this is what is reserved for your husband. Will you take your child and say, watch mommy and daddy have sex? Will you take your brother and say, come watch us have sex? So why would you allow your child, your brother, your sister to behold your nakedness? And when the Bible talks about nakedness, it talks about the nether parts, the most private parts of an individual. Which are what? The reproductive organs. I'm showing you the things that are hindering your life in God. It's not that we are brothers so we can show ourselves, we can, show, we can be comfortable. No, the only person you are comfortable, there's something wrong in your physiology when you are comfortable. Around your sister, around, there's something wrong. Something wrong in your physiology. Bible says he gave them over to a reprobate mind so that men began to lust after men, woman after woman. Why? Because it does something in the soul. It's a sin. 
The only one permitted to see your nakedness before you marry is your mother and your father. <laughs> when you were young, it was only your mother can behold your nakedness. But you, when you come of age, it is not permitted. Paul says, sin revived and I died. Because you don't know what you are reviving. Curiosity is how Satan raises children. See, I know you might not have known these things, but I'm helping you tonight, today. But you must repent. Listen, if there's going to be any hope of you, any hope of you growing, maturing, there are things today you must confess out of your mouth. There are things today you must repent of. If there's going to be any hope of deliverances, the things that we have touched upon today, the areas we have touched upon today, if you know you are guilty, nobody has to tell you, your own heart tells you, you must repent today. Seeds should not be released. Why? Tell me, why are you living with somebody that you are not married to and you having sex with them? Why, why are you doing that? What's the thing that, that is inspiring you to, to do that, to continue in that way? What is it? What, what is the thing in your mind that, that says this thing is right? I can assure you it's not God. I can assure you it's not the Spirit of God. Because the Holy Spirit is not involved in anything that is a transgression to divine law. It's fasting that prepares the womb of man for endowment. The dark places or secret places are reserved places of intimacy. If you learn to enter the secret place of intimacy consistently with the Lord, you can move into a deeper dimension of my spirit where the holy things of God will be birthed through you, where God will make you a womb for his spirit. Hallelujah. I told you it will not be a long message. It will not be a long message. But it will drive the point home. The Spirit of God is calling for rectifications. The Spirit of God is calling for corrections. Corrections which are a hindrance to the advancement of your life. There are seven sins you must repent of today. Everyone here, everyone here, you have been privy to one or more of them. We're going to pray now. Adultery and fornication. Physical adultery and fornication. And spiritual adultery and fornication. And adultery in the emotions. You left your wife in your mind to be with another woman. You did not obey the laws 
of marriage and transgressed and entered into a dimension that you did not have rights to. You must repent. Because spirits are following you. Fostering patterns, fostering habits, fostering addictions, fostering characteristics that are destroying your life. And it is, it is revealed in your spiritual walk. The uncovering of nakedness. This one is a very serious one. You, you must repent of this thing. The uncovering of nakedness. Seeing another brother naked, another sister naked, seeing your mother naked, your father naked. You must repent of this. Whoredom and prostitution. A man forbidding his wife's sex and vice versa. A wife forbidding her husband's sex. There is nothing in, in marriage or there is nothing in a marriage relationship that should stop a man or a woman from giving the other party what's rightfully hers. Nothing. Not a fight. Not an argument. Nothing. The only thing that, that, is, that is licensable or uh, permissible is when the two decide by consent that we, we're going to pray and fast. Because when you pray and fast, you're not supposed to be engaged in other things. That's why God, when he moved in the camp, he said to Israel, let no man be with his wife. Let no man be with his wife. For the Lord shall do marvelous work tomorrow in your midst. Number two, only the women's cycles. There are only two things. The women's cycles of defilement and prayer and fasting. Every other thing is not an excuse. And a man or a woman that practices in that dimension, in that operation, is in danger of judgment. You see, the greater judgment was with who? With Adam. Why? Because it, the, the, the law was given to him. So any law you break, there will be consequences, but the greater consequences will follow you. Hodom is vice versa of this. It's not keeping yourself chaste. That's what you are a prostitute. That's what God says. It's not me. You are a whore. You are a prostitute. A harlot. When you can't keep yourself. That's why he says, young man, young man of God, flee lust. Flee fornication. When you can't keep yourself. The Bible says we have been called to keep ourselves. Not in the uncleanness of the flesh, but in the sanctity of holiness. You, you must ask forgiveness. You, you with your God. Otherwise, I, I'll pull you out by the word of knowledge. I'll pull you out. I will pull you out. For your sake, I'll pull you out. I'll tell you when with who you practiced Hodom with. I'll, 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 I'll do it. Don't, don't try me. I'll do it. It's not a time now to hide your sins. Now is not that time. Because everybody here has partaken of 
either one or more in of these of these sins. So the only one who is shameful it is no is the one who does not want to be delivered. Number five, sexual activity in dreams is wrong. You should not be having sexual activity in dreams. If you are having sexual activity in dreams, in the spirit, you are a prostitute. It's wrong. And it's what I told you about you having made certain covenants to spirits through certain actions. So it's wrong to have sexual activity in dreams. If you have them, you, today you repent. Today you repent. If you have done these things in, in the sight of your wife or your husband, after repenting to God, you must go repent to them. In the sight of them. Are you listening to me? In the? That they know about. You understand? If they don't know, repent to God. Because you don't know their spiritual strength. They might not take it. You might say, my wife, forgive me. I sinned against you. I slept with Delilah. It will be the end of your marriage. Because now she has the right to do what? To annul that marriage. And Jesus, Jesus will let her go free. Hallelujah. No, you know what I'm talking about. You can look at me with holy, innocent eyes, but you know what I'm talking about. You know. You know what I'm talking about. Because of these seven. No, if, if, if you want, I'll, I, can, I can show you. I can show, I can show you. I'll give you dates now. If you want, I can write them for you. <laughs> now is the time to lift up your hands and say, Lord, thank you. This pastor is not those other ones. Number six, lustful, immoral, and unclean behaviors. Lustful, immoral, and unclean behaviors. Looking at a woman with lust. Immoral behaviors. Lustful behaviors. Unclean behaviors. These are things that will stop you from receiving anything from God. These are things that will turn your blessing into curses. Number seven. And this is, this is, for, this is for married people, especially the older ones. The, the law says you shall not covet the wife of your brother or neighbor. Vice versa. Number seven, causing your wife or husband to sin. Causing your wife. You know, some wives, some husbands are responsible for the adulterations of their partners. You know that? They cause them. They cause them by their unholy behavior. 
unrighteous behavior, unclean behavior. You must ask forgiveness tonight, today. Causing your wife and, or your husband to sin against you. Some of you, you lead your husbands to sin. You are, you are leading your wives to sin. Like Eve, she caused Adam to sin. You must repent of that, especially the older ones. If you want your marriage to heal, these are things that you must ask forgiveness for. These are, these are seven things. The Holy Spirit gave these things to me. The seventh one, the Spirit emphasized this, especially to the older ones. Don't cause your wife to sin. Don't cause your husband to sin. You know how you do it? By provoking them. Your husband wants to have sex with you. You say, no, I'm tired. Your wife wants to have sex with you. You say, no, I'm tired. You do it once. You do it two times. You do it three times. You do it five times. You know what's going to happen to the psychological impact of that man? His eyes will, will be drawn away from you. And they will move to another. If an occasion, and Satan sees that, an occasion arises, he will create opportunity. And all of a sudden, you will see that the man or the wife will start sinning. Some of you, you are blaming your husbands and your wives that they've done things against you and sinned against you. But you don't realize, Luena, you are in the mix. Luena, you are responsible. You must repent. Sin came because man and wife could not be in, did, was not intimate when they should have been. Intimacy is important in the spirit and in life. These sins also translate in the spirit and you will ask forgiveness. If you will do this thing, watch what will happen in Watch what will happen in your life. God is trying to deliver you, child of God. God is trying to deliver you. God wants to deliver you. He wants to make you a womb fit for the spirit's offspring. Wealth is an offspring. You can't be wealthy with these things. You need to be a womb. Marriage is a womb. You need to be a womb. You don't enter marriage is a thing of the spirit. It's a thing of the spirit. Some people entered marriage wrongly. <laughs> Seven sins. We repent today. I want my wife to come. Because this involves men and husband. You can come, you can come. And we're gonna minister to you. You're going to minister to you. First, I want to minister to the married people. If you are married here, I want you to stand up. If you are married, married, stand up. You're not married. No, sit down. 
If you are married here, you heard what I said today. If your wife or your husband is not here, make them listen. Take, take this message. Force them to listen. Force them to listen. Say, you must listen to this. You have sinned. You must ask forgiveness. Are you listening to me? I'm going to lead you in prayer. Be sincere. God is delivering your life. God is undoing the errors of the past. Be sincere. Are you listening to me? Be, you've heard what was spoken this morning. Be sincere. Be sincere. In the name of Jesus, lift up your hands. Ratas gabados gashkadabon taskia. Ranzi kabon taskabai la krotoza libadaba. Liko rabande. I will lead you in confession. You say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for not obeying the set precepts of your word, for not obeying the right cause of function in my marriage. This morning, I heard your word. I receive your sword and your rod. And I ask through the acknowledgement of the error of my ways that you forgive me for sinning against my wife against my husband for sinning against the one whom you gave me to be in this world forgive me of the sin of the soul of adultery forgive me of the sin of physical adultery forgive me for causing my partner to sin Forgive me. I ask your forgiveness. Heal my marriage for all the years that I have cleaved to my parents and not cleaved to my partner. Forgive me, Lord, for not leaving my family and cleaving and pursuing the perfection of my marriage forgive me for prostituting against my body against my wife forgive me forgive me forgive me wash me of every stain there has been a hindrance and a weight in my marriage Lord heal me by showing me the dark parts that I have hidden from me and my husband that are now destroying my marriage. I ask the blood of Jesus to have its work in me. Hallelujah. Sit down. We're going to pray. We still want to pray. You are forgiven. Now we're going to remove devils. Now we're going to remove devils. I want now every young person, every person that is not married, if you know you are not married 
and you are not tied to anybody in holy matrimony, stand up. The married ones, sit down. So you married one, don't pray, okay? Don't pray. Alright? Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. This is a moment of shame for you. All the shame in your life. Don't look at me. Close your eyes. Of the sins of the flesh. I ask the Holy Spirit to bring them before you right now. Let no one escape from his own sins right now. Let no one escape. Let no one escape, dear Lord. Let no one be found innocent who is not innocent. Repeat after me, Father, I have sinned gravely by joining myself to people that I have not been blessed by you in marriage. I have sinned the sin of fornication many times in my mind in my soul and by the actions physically I've connected myself and created for myself destructive soul ties that now is hard for me to let go my mind is tricking me. My soul deceiving me. That the one I should marry is the one I slept with before marriage. Lord, I see the lie. And the deception of my soul. Forgive me. For prostituting. My body. Forgive me. For whoredom. Forgive me for every sexual dream I have allowed into my life. Forgive me for every lustful, immoral, and unclean behavior. Forgive me for sinning against my flesh. Forgive me, dear Lord, and wash me Wash me clean from the stain of these sins. Some of you have had babies out of wedlock. The Lord forgives you. This afternoon receive forgiveness. Say after me, everyone, Lord, your blood cleanses me. And I want you to be sincere. Lord, your blood cleanses me. Amen. Everybody now stand. If, 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 come a little bit in, all right? Try to find your way in the eyes. husband must be the only person that possesses you. He is your Lord. 
He is your owner. Bible says you are children of Sarah if you operate on this wife who called Abraham Lord, Lord. We have dealt with the issue, with the roots of your actions. Now I want to deal with the perpetrator of these patterns. Because you have asked forgiveness, I've been authorized to break the powers of these devils over your life. I've been authorized to destroy these soulish ties in your life. I've been authorized to remove these devils in your marriage and your life. Lift up your hands. Some of you will scream. Some of you will wail. Some of you will convulse. Some of you will shake uncontrollably. It doesn't matter how. At this moment in time, I just want you to yield to the Spirit. Because what is done in your life right now is by the power of the Holy Ghost. And I don't want you to grieve the Spirit of God. Whatever emotion, whatever reaction the Spirit or these spirits cause as they live your life, yield. Because you are free. In the name of Jesus, you unclean spirits, you immoral spirits, you spirit of darkness that have been sent to destroy these lives, your time has come to an end. Right now, by the authority of the Spirit of God, I command you, go! Lustful spirits are living right now. Unclean spirits are living right now. Spirits of addictions that came through addictions, they are living right now. Yandola kapataya. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. Go! I said go. 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 I found you one. Go! Leave him. Leave her. Go! Go! Speak in tongues right now. Speak in tongues. Just speak in tongues. Just speak in tongues. Speak in tongues. Speak in tongues. Freedom has come. Freedom has come. Freedom from pornography. Freedom from lust for women. Freedom has come. Freedom has come. Freedom has come. The Spirit of God is cleaning you up. Soul ties are broken.
Yande Karararaboki de Kemone Gedea Yande Yelemoya Kiatole Manego Ebeliosa Rianda Cry 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 Let away in the spirit Freedom has come Yande Marriages are restored Lives are restored Yande Hey, Malogo Logo, Emelelelelelosa, Deliverance has come, Deliverance has come, Deliverance has come, Deliverance has come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The strongholds that stopped you from becoming a man, the stronghold that stopped you from becoming a woman, we are destroying them now. The Holy Ghost is going right there, right there. Hallelujah. Speak to God, release those tongues. Women are being born today. Men are being born today. When I was a child, I thought like a child. I spoke like a child. I understood like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. You are putting away childish things. You are putting away childish things. A man is being born today. A woman is being born today. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Some of you should never have divorced because of these things. Paul said it when I was a child. I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I understood like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Today, childish things are being put away. Here, come here now, come here, come here. There's a reason why you came. Mandakai, the Lord says, I have called you, and yes, says the Spirit of God, the hindrances that have delayed you, that have prohibited your advancement in the calling, I am removing, and today I release you into your apostolic office, into your apostolic grace. The heavens are open over your life today, says the Spirit of God. For I have dealt with the strongholds that have limited your rise. And the Spirit of God says, now go in this boldness. Now go in this boldness. For today I make you a man, says the Spirit of the living God. And as I lay my hands over this young man, every young man in this place, I want you to lift your hands.
there are things in your life that the Spirit of God is wanting to remove. Stolen visions, stolen dreams. In the name of Jesus, I reignite you. I reignite you. Touch on every man. On every man. Hitler, the spirit. Touch. Let Allah Every woman in this house, every young woman in this house, there are things Satan has planted in your life. Lift your hands, lift your hands, lift your hands, lift your hands. The Holy Ghost is uprooting, the Holy Ghost is uprooting every experience in your life that Satan has organized. The Holy Ghost is bringing a distraction of the state. Let go, let go, let go, let go, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, let go, let go, let go, yeah, 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 let go, don't care, it's your time of deliverance, young woman, it's your time of deliverance, young man, it's your time of deliverance, let go, let go, it's your time, it's your time of deliverance, don't worry about what the next person is saying. Don't worry about what the next person is saying. It's your time. God is delivering you. God is delivering you. God is delivering you. God is delivering you for destiny. He's delivering you for your future. Deliverance has come. Deliverance has come. Yes. Come on, mama. Continue praying. Continue praying. Continue praying. Continue praying. Continue praying. You are crying for your deliverance. You are crying for your deliverance. You are crying for your deliverance. Two more minutes. Two more minutes. Give it your all. Pray. 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 The devils are leaving you. The strongholds are breaking. The influence of darkness is destroyed. Is destroyed. The sicknesses of the soul are leaving you now.
Halleluja. Halleluja. You are unlocked for destiny. You are unlocked for destiny. You are unlocked. You are unlocked. You are unlocked. The cord is broken. Hallelujah. Take out your offerings. Take out your offerings, your tithes, your special offerings. Right where you are right now, I want you to lift it up to the Lord. We are sealing a work of the Spirit. We are sealing a work of the Spirit. We are sealing. I told you, I told you when we started. I said, there are some people that will leave this place totally changed. My wish is for everyone. But I can guarantee that some, I can guarantee, I can guarantee that some have left, will leave this place totally transformed, totally free. My wish is for you all. My wish is for you all. And it's my prayer that everybody that leaves this place this afternoon is liberated. For the Lord is forgiven. The Lord is washed. Oh, no, 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 no. Lift your offerings to the Lord. Lift your offerings to the Lord. Your tithes, your offerings, your special offerings. If you have them, lift them to the Lord right now. 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 Father, Father, with these offerings, with these tithes, Father, seal your work in their lives. Make their freedom permanent. Make their deliverance permanent. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, turn children into men. Turn children into women. Yes, Lord God, bring your children into manhood. Bring your children into womanhood. Yes, 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 yes. Let the Spirit witness. Let the Spirit witness. Let the Spirit bear witness. Hallelujah. Strongholds are removed. Thank you. I can guarantee right now, by the anointing of God's Spirit, that something has changed. That something has changed. Marriages are healed. Marriages are restored. Something has changed. People are being prepared correctly by the Spirit. Oh! There are people who are going to listen to this who will receive deliverance. God said to me in the encounter, He said, I will use this message to free many, many, many men and women of destiny. This message will bring many people into their callings, many people into their giftings. Whatever is born of spirit is spirit. This is, a, is an offspring of the spirit. Watch what this message will do. Watch what this message will do for young couples. Watch what this message will do for young ministers. Watch. Watch. Watch what this message will do for you. Chris, Pass this, pass the offering. 
don't, don't worry, it is, it is received, all right? It is received. <laughs> no, 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 thank you, my wife. Hallelujah. You are free, boy. You are a man now. Live in your manhood. Live in your manhood. Live in your manhood. If there are things in this message that you, you know you must revisit, go Chris, upload it by 6 p.m. By 6 p.m., listen to it again. Listen to it. Listen to it. Listen to it. This is, your, this is, this is the key for your deliverance. I'm talking about deliverance into your calling, your destiny. This, this, this message is the key. Is the key. The Holy Ghost has just given you a key this morning. When you pray, when you pray, play it. You, are you listening to me? When you pray, when you go into prayer, play it. When you go to sleep, play it. When you are waking up, play it. When you are going to work, play it. My na 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 na. You see, in this message is an impartation. It's a permanent impartation. A permanent impartation. Take this. Give it to your husband who's not here. Give it to your wife. Give it to your brother. Give it to your fiance. Give it to your girlfriend. Give it to your uncle. Give it to your fellow brother in the Lord. Give them. Say, please, listen to this. Listen, sit down. Listen to this. I promise you. I promise you. They will. I will promise you. I is my promise. This is the promise of the Spirit. They will be delivered while listening. The same anointing. The same authority that presented itself here, it will work everywhere. This message is played. Whatever is born of the Spirit is spirit. God wants you to be His womb. Become a womb for the Spirit. Let's lift up our hands. Let's lift up our hands. You can give Ramatoskadaitakona Kaita. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Aliko namasea, liamonta paliako sakai, eja namonta par, ragagado yelelelekiomba, eiko do padai lakaya. Enter into manhood. Enter into womanhood. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you with this message. I bless you with this impartation of the Spirit. Go and become a womb for the Spirit of God. God bless you. God bless you. See you Thursday. I'll give instructions tomorrow for... Listen. Listen. Don't joke around when you come out of here. Hey, listen to me. Because people have a tendency of allowing Satan to let them drop treasure. Don't joke around. Socialize, but don't joke around. If, 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 if there's something you must talk about, talk about how this message transformed your life when you leave this place. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? Because surely the Spirit of God has done something. I can guarantee that on some, it is permanent. My wish, my hope, that on everyone, it will be permanent. 
God bless you. I'll release the instruction for tomorrow's telly service. Goodbye.